Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. The off-road show that brings you all the results, news, and online shenanigans that make being online a good time. We'd like to say thank you to Fly Racing for their support of Sea Time. Please go check them out at flyracing.com. Welcome to Sea Time, everybody. Brian Pierce here, your host for this fine Tuesday evening in Southern Texas. Wait, we're in Northern, Northern Texas. Texas. What am I saying? In the southern part of the United Wait, States. We may be in Southern Texas if the storm keeps coming. I know it's going to be interesting. The Gulf of Mexico. We're going to we're going to flood our way down there. Take a little swim. So Sea Time brought to you by the fine folks over at Fly Racing. If you guys don't know who Fly Racing is, please go check them out. Dad has one of his fine new shirts on. I have been so busy. I am still in the shirt that I wore to work today. So. Unfortunately, I love you, Fly Racing, but today it didn't happen. So, flyracing.com, you can check them out. As you can do, you can order right off the website. comes from a local dealer, so that way you're taking advantage of using Fly Racing and your local dealer. Of course, Kenda Tire, so kendatire.com is where you can go learn more about those guys. If you race off-road or even ride off-road, go check out all the tires they have because they're going to have something special for you, especially check out the hybrid tires they've been doing. Those are very, very cool. The Equilibrium, uh, looking forward to running that at the TKO, hopefully, at least on the rear. Probably still do the gummy tire in the front, uh, the prototype on the front. And then, of course, still well performance. So if you race off-road and you want to have better suspension, either while riding, while racing, maybe you're looking to do some hard enduro kind of stuff, maybe a little bit little bit more supple, you're thinking about you know, lowering your bike, stillwellperformance.com, ask for Alan Stillwell. Obviously, anybody there can help you. They're going to be very, very uh, good at what they do, and we appreciate their support. Get tired of harsh forks. Yeah, nobody needs a 4CS. Talk to Alan Stillwell, stillwellperformance.com. So we're going to go straight into it because we were running just a tad late this fine evening. We don't want to keep our guests waiting that much longer. So as I was going through, I'm like, you know, we haven't had certain people on in a long time. And so I kind of tried to go through that. And I'm like, Charlie Mullins. Charlie Mullins is somebody we have to check in with. I know he's got to be a little down on his luck or feeling like he could be down. He needs to be on seat time and be pepped up a little bit from some awesomeness that we could bring to him. So we have to ask Mr. Charlie Mullins. How is your evening going, kind sir? Uh, it's been going good. Just um, typical evening. Um, put the kids down and just now hanging out. Not much really going on tonight. Right. So hold your hold your wrist up. Are there any? Where are those casts? Just on the left side still. Yeah, I just left. Okay. Uh, well, man. Yeah, have, yeah go ahead. Week so looking good. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's been an interesting roller coaster for for someone like myself, and it seems like fans of the Charlie Mullins clan in the off road world, you know, excited when it was about you know maybe about half a month or a month ago, you're you're back on the bike, couple pictures taken, and then all of a sudden, bam, you know, you got another kid going, that's awesome, and then yeah, I just had my sixth surgery, and we're like, whoa, 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 what happened there? So. Kind of, kind of, you know. I know you've talked a little bit about some of your Instagram posts, but kind of take us through a little bit of this past year for you and how you've had to deal with this, and then all of a sudden, why are you having this sick surgery and things of that nature? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a an up and down year to say the least. But um, you know, obviously, I got hurt back uh, last May and did both my wrists, and um, you know, started riding. Uh, what would have been August and started racing October, then did six days and <clears throat> come to find out at uh, Crawfordsville, I rebroke my scaphoid and I broke the screw. So when I got back from six days, I met with a specialist in Charlotte and um, <clears throat> basically it was just with the screw being broke and the scaphoid rebreaking, it was just, you know, a big mess and 
he uh he ended up doing surgery on it he he got the screw out and he actually put two screws in uh a bone graft and some bone putty to you know give it the best chance of healing and <clears throat> while i was having that done my right wrist it it still wasn't right it was um the lunate bone was dislocating every time. Like I'd twist my wrist back and it'd get locked out sometimes. So, you know, I pulled the trigger in November, the week of Thanksgiving to have them both operated on and hope, you know, hoping there'd be a chance, you know, to start in March. And obviously that didn't work out. Um, the fusion, actually, my right wrist that I had fused, I was out of the cast uh, beginning of January and was rehabbing it. But, um, the big holdup was my scaphoid and just, you know, we waited six months. I had it done in November, waited till pretty much the end of April. And my last appointment, he, um, he said it was healed enough where, you know, he gave me the go ahead and that's when I started riding. But he, he said there was still a gap where it wasn't fully healed over. So, you know, I, I think that first picture I posted was, I believe the second time I rode. And I only rode a handful of times after that, but each time I was riding, it just was getting worse. And just it, the last time I rode, I couldn't even pull in the clutch. It just, it hurt too bad. And, you know, it was unfortunate, you know, I kind of lost six months, but, you know, we gave it a try. And, you know, in the end, I actually had to have it partially fused like my right wrist. So that's kind of where I'm at now. I have, um, like I said, just one more week in the cast and, Hopefully just rehab it a little bit and hopefully it won't be as bad as my right wrist just because being double cast, it sucked. Yeah. No, I, I, I can only imagine. It's like when I've been sitting on the couch either from my shoulder or laying in bed with my ankle and all that kinds of stuff, like that sucked in itself. But then you're like double wristed. I mean, like literally, you know, that you could probably barely even type like you're like. Yeah, it was a rough couple months i mean just it it was pretty miserable but well then uh, in the meantime how what have you been doing to stay in shape i mean what, what kinds of exercises cardiovascular and others have you been able to do I like uh that. just just running uh there for a while i got i got my uh scaphoid cast i was i had no cast on beginning of march so i started bicycling and just trying to build up the endurance of my wrist and you know, I felt good mountain biking and road biking and just, you know, just the basic stuff, just trying to stay fit. But right now, you know, I'm just trying to do stretching, core, and just running is about all I'm doing right now. Right. One of the things I was wondering is is some context that we could put to this. And I only bring up Stuart Baylor because I think he's the most recent in the limelight person that we've kind of talked to that have had the scaphoid stuff going on uh, or scaphoid, if you say it the Mullins East Coast way. Um, but you know, I think he had, uh, what, was there any difference between the fusion that you've done versus what you think that he had done to his wrist or did his heal properly? I'm trying to remember. And some reason I think that he had something removed, but then I'm like, how could you have something removed? So, yeah, basically I actually talked to him. Um, I guess where he broke his, they took, um, I broke mine right by my radius. I broke just a little bit like 10% of the bone off, like the worst, slowest healing spot you could possibly possibly break it. And if basically what Stu had done, they took the top half of his bone out because it was broke kind of right in the middle. Right. And my doctor said if 
that's where mine was broke, you know, that would have been the best option. But where mine was broke, it, it just, that was really the only option I had. And the, the, when I had the last surgery, when he went in there to take the bone out, he said it was like crumbled and like chalk. It was just, it was dead and it was never going to heal. So, I mean, it's an unfortunate, uh, you know, thing. And it's definitely been a tough situation dealing with it. But like I said, I mean, I got a fused and, you know, I'm on the road to recovery and hopefully, you know, get back at it here soon. Right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, obviously we wish you the best of luck with all that stuff. I know it's got to be crazy tough. And, and, and I'm only going to ask this because somebody put it in the chat room, but I really think it's kind of one of those goofy questions. You guys in the chat room, you know them not. They literally go, so when do you think you're going to be back racing? And I'm like, um, when the bone's healed? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean. Is there literally any, now that you've fused the left wrist like you did with the right, is there literally any timeline that the guys are like, okay, cool, you know, the right took this long because we fused this one. You should expect the same with their left or, you know, not because you're right-handed or you do other things with the right. I mean, you know. Well, I mean, my right wrist was so bad. Uh, my doctor in Charlotte, he said it was, you know, the worst wrist injury he's ever seen. Just the damage I had done, all the ligaments, it, it was just a wreck. And I'm hoping with my left wrist – just taking the bone out and with no ligament damage and stuff like that. And that I, I'm just hoping, you know, it should heal or I, I should be able to get it back to shape a little bit quicker than my right wrist. But I guess my tentative plan or, you know, in a perfect world, I'm hoping, you know, get my cast off next week and uh, just rehab for, you know, a good month or so. Then, you know, hopefully start easing in the riding, you know, August, and uh, hopefully get back into my program starting beginning of September. And uh, as far as racing goes this year, uh, just talking to KTM and Auntie, it, it just really doesn't make sense. So right, right. my main exactly. focus has just been September to March, just, you know, 100% focus, just getting ready for 16. And, you know, if I feel, if I feel like I, everything's kind of clicking, I might do uh, the full gas enduro uh in November, just because it's close to my house and stuff like that. So, yep. as far as any national enduros and GNCCs, unfortunately, you know, it, it bums me out. I'm not going to be able to make any this year, though. Yeah, and and that's I think that's totally understandable. And I think you're making the right call to like kind of mentally just put that out um, to not even try to say, all right, I got to make one of these races just to just to be there. Um, so I'm sure they've told you the worst thing you can do is hurt it again before you're yeah. ready. Yeah, that's not the first time you've heard that. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people thought I rushed back the the first time, but you know, I followed the doctor's orders, and you know, I was released to ride, and it just it was just one of those with my right wrist. It was just with that bone dislocating every time I twist it back, and you know, my re breaking my skateboard. It was just you know, it was just unfortunate things, and it happens. But um, you know, I. I I took the time to where I felt it healed properly and, you know, it didn't work out. And, you know, this time, uh, the issues that I've been having, you know, the bones taken out and once it's fused, I'm kind of good to go. So hopefully, yep. you know, I have no more setbacks after this. Well, since you sat on the couch so much, I can only imagine that you've, 
you've had to kept kept up with kind of how your teammates are doing, how people are doing in the GNCC series, National Endurance series. I mean, those that's kind of like your bread and butter. You're, you're either the ultimate fan now, or you you know you watch like ice skating. I mean, I can imagine that it's probably one or the other. So I mean, what have you, what have your thoughts been on the GNCC series? I, I think to see Caleb Russell be as dominant as he is is pretty interesting. But if you think about it, to the year before that, it was you and him that were winning all the races to take you out of the picture. Now it's just him up there at the front most of the time. Obviously, he has had some good competition a couple times, but he's just getting out front and able to walk away from everybody. So, I mean, have you had a chance to really kind of put any of your your fantastic brain power to this? Yeah, I mean, it, it's you know pretty obviously he's kind of on a different level. But uh, I went to Florida and you know, watch that one. And, you know, he, he's got a good, good race plan and, you know, he sticks to his, what he plans to do and he's pretty good at it. I mean, you know, Florida, he was out, I think 45 seconds the first time I seen him come by and, uh, you know, it's kind of tough to make up that time when somebody like that just gets out front and you really can't let him out of your sight. But, you know, he's definitely got it figured out. And even in the Enduros, he's kind of got it figured out. So he's, He's having a good year, but, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I can kind of get back to where I was before, you know, all this happened and give him a run next year. Heck yeah. Yeah. And then the National Enduros. He was, he was the bridesmaid for so long, and then he finally gets a win two times ago, and then now he's got two in a row this past weekend in, in Wyoming. Obviously, he's got the points lead. He's pretty much had it almost the entire, the entire time. Uh, do we think that Caleb Russell has it figured out? Like when we had him on the show before he got that first one, which you know I do think that most people win after they come on seat time. So don't worry. Next thing you do, Charlie, you're totally going to win at it. So it's going to be awesome. Um, so I mean, like now he's got that win. He knows what it feels like. He's got that confidence. And I did realize that he he said we're going to head back east, and so they're going to get a little bit tighter. And he definitely he mentioned that that's kind of his his it could be his kryptonite. Um, heading out east a little bit where it gets a tad bit tighter. So what are your thoughts? Any, anything there on, on how he's doing in the Enduros or how the East Coast could affect him a little bit more? Uh, you know, he's a good rider and, you know, he'll adapt. And he's obviously on the new factory edition bike, and I think he's gelling him with it pretty good. And, I, I you know, I, I don't really expect any different for the next upcoming rounds. The, the one in Michigan is pretty tight, but, you know – I think the one in Pennsylvania is not too bad. So I think he'll be okay. It's just, I guess, how he approaches it. But, you know, hopefully, you know, some other guys can give him a run. But he's kind of got that one figured out, too. I agree. I agree. Slovakia could be tight. I don't know. Um, you've done quite a few ISDEs. I've obviously never ridden one. I've just kind of paid attention to them. Um, how how are they laid out typically? Would they ever have a, a tight section like we might have over here in the states, or are they all typically pretty open, regardless of a, a tree, rocky, you know, hilly, dusty terrain? Uh, well, I mean, the one in Germany, I would say, was probably the most similar to what we've done, and even then, I wouldn't classify it. I mean, you could drive a car kind of through the whole thing. Um, I think that's just how they race over there, as far as you know, trying to squeeze through you know 30 inch space between two trees it's really not going to happen over there their extreme tests are more you know just rocks and just more difficult not so much tight and it's just totally different over there just a lot faster pace i think yeah 
That'd be interesting. I wonder how that how that would go over if he would even kind of pass the FIM regulations to say they came to the states again in the club that was kind of putting it on, you know, put in something that that is maybe was maybe was too tight. Or I wonder if there are even regulations on that that they have to be X X wide. I'm sure you've ridden at zinc, and uh, the times I rode there, zinc wasn't really that tight, but you had some absolutely ridiculous rocky climbs that when they were wet. I mean, you just <laughs> that's exactly what George and Coop said when they came back you know, from that race. Twist it and pray. Those, yeah, you know that you make it over these rocks without your back wheel becoming your front, and you're going back down the other way. I mean, it was horrible. Yeah, well, I'm sure that Charlie's dealt with quite a lot of that on the East Coast, especially when you start heading up north. Those 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 wet rocks can definitely kick you in the butt. It looks like we've got both Kudlas in the chat room. That's kind of freaking me out. At least now, if I say. Uh, one of their names, I'm going to get one of them right this time. So, Eric or Ryan. It's like, yes, they're both there. I like it. So before we let you go, 2016s, obviously you've ridden them. Uh, well, you haven't ridden them, but you've been watching people ride them because I think you were at the dealer show up there. I saw you taking some pictures with your phone. Were you just stealing people's pictures or were you actually up there? No, I went up and, uh, you know, it was a uh, over-the-top event, as always KTM does. They, uh, you know go above and beyond and it was pretty neat to see the launch and you know be a part of it and you know they did a a pretty cool thing monday night where they introduced all the racers to uh, the dealers and after that we just kind of got to talk to the dealers and just kind of mingle and it was actually a really nice event and you know i was bummed i didn't get the ride on tuesday you know they had the track prepped and all them bikes it was a uh, it was painful to watch but uh you know i'll get back soon enough and you know i can't wait to get the get on the new bike and try it out. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Last thing. The new edition. How crazy, awesome, horribly amazing is it to now have a second child in the family? And I don't mean like a dog. I mean an actual second baby. <laughs> I mean, it's it's cool. It's uh now we got the one 2 years old and you know, he's He's a wild man, just nonstop from the moment he wakes up to when he goes to bed. But it's actually been uh, a lot smoother than what I thought. Uh, you know, it, I wouldn't say it's been difficult. It's just been, you know, readjusting your life and just, you know, there's somebody else you got to take care of now. So, uh, you know, wife, my wife's been doing a good job at it. And, you know, we've just been, you know, doing our best trying to, to raise him. And, you know, we've been having a lot of fun with it. Nice. And uh, so we got Coop. Cooper's the first one. What's the second little dude's name? Daxton, but call Th him Dax. Dax? There was um, a lead singer from a band, Acid Bath. And this, yeah, sure, they were they were a black metal crust band, but still, you know, <laughs> the kid's still going to turn out fine. But his the lead singer's <laughs> name was Dax. And uh, he was awesome. He could sing, and he was it was fantastic. So, I mean, for me, that's a great name. So I'm totally in. Yeah, I mean, I had no input. I mean, my wife came up with it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of, <laughs> I liked it, but I wasn't sold on it. And he actually came early, two weeks early, and we really didn't have any other names. So we just said, ah, we'll just name him that. And, you know, glad we did. It, it you know, it fits him now. So, what's his middle name? We're happy with the name. Yeah. Well, so, what did you say his middle name was? James. Daxton James? Yeah. Like it, Dax and James. The Dax, yeah, Dax James. I'm trying to see if there's something there, but I'm pretty sure the kids are. If it's your kid, they're probably gonna be afraid of him. 
<laughs> He'll be a hulky little he'll, dude. He'll probably pass you in the woods. Yeah, that's what's so funny about me having a little boy is that, like, the, the, the Nora, the youngest girl, looks like she would be my child. You know, she's small and petite and very, you know, but Liam is, is this, yeah, it looks like, uh, yeah, it looks like my dad reincarnated. I mean, he is just, it, it, but at this point in time, Liam's average height, but he's like, so his height's, I think, like in the high 60 percentiles, but his weight is in the, in the 80 percentile, and his head is in the, like, 90-something percentile. So he's just like, yeah, he's a super stocky dude. So it's like, if he ever picks up some height and, oh, to go with that weight. He's pretty smart, too. Scarily enough. <laughs> Takes I, after his grandmother yeah. on that one. I know it skipped a generation because I got screwed. <laughs> <laughs> now it's really fun, man, having all these kids running around and being crazy. And he's what probably like he's probably I guess like two or three months now, right? He's probably two or three months. Nah, now. he's uh, I think six weeks. Oh crap! Yeah, he he's still yeah. He was born May third, so that's know, my birthday. Hey, that is that's my dad's birthday. So now there's a, now there's nice. a dax to go with it. I like it. But yeah, at this point you you not getting a whole bunch of sleep anyway. So yeah, it, it hasn't been too bad, and you know I barely made it to the birth and everything. I was actually out riding that day, and I was up in the mountains with no cell service. So once I came down the mountain, and you know she tried calling ten times or whatever, I, I barely barely made it to the the birth center. So it was a pretty eventful day. I like it. A lot of people wouldn't believe that this is true, but uh, Charlie Mullins and I have had actually quite a lot of conversations about uh, raising children, uh, the way that our wives have decided to go to birth centers to have their children, uh, <laughs> the way that our wives nurse babies. Yes, that has to do with their boobies, so you got to get over it. Um, and, and then obviously diet stuff, like her, his wife and my wife. Are, and then obviously, you know, Charlie being a professional athlete, he as well is big on diets and, and kind of what he puts into his body. Me, as long as it's beer, after that, then I might not worry about it. But um, so it's been interesting. A lot of people wouldn't expect that Charlie, Charlie Mullins and I have sat down and had intelligent conversations about life. It's been fun. Yeah, yeah I remember the one at Big Sky. That was a, that was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the, only, the only interesting part about that is I was able to have an interesting conversation because I think I was extremely hungover. Oh my gosh! The day that I, the day that I the day that the race happened was the worst day, but I still got on that bike and did a lap. So yeah, I remember that day. <laughs> <laughs> I looked like death rolled over at that table for sure. Uh, I hope we get to make it back to Big Sky, man. It, for a big event like that, obviously we could go up there and, and hang out at the. At the resort, but man, that race was epic, and you obviously got to win the national championship that year, so we had a lot of fun doing. Yeah, that was a cool one. I mean, just the whole atmosphere at that ski lodge. I, it was a pretty unreal place. Yeah, cool, man. Well, I guess keep it up. Have fun. I know the good thing is, is you're at a time right now where you're home. You get to, you know, it's not like you're out racing and you're out training and you don't get a chance to, you know, be around your new baby and the family as everybody's starting to grow. So that's that's a huge positive to look forward to. And I know your wife's got a, uh, you know, sure you're going to be like, I can't do anything with my left arm, you know, but you got that right one now, so you're totally usable. <laughs> yeah, remember, no, it's they, been good. Uh, they grew the time, up fast. The time at home with the family has been great. So I mean, but I am ready to get back at it and get. You know, I guess back to our normal life, traveling, racing, and you know what? I guess what I was born to do. So yeah, your wife. Ready to get back at it. Years been been long. I could see. I, I could just feel your wife in the background going, "Nope, 
That sounds yeah. horrible. <laughs> she knew what she was getting into. <laughs> Absolutely. No, she's pretty tough. She can she she can handle it all all on her own if she had to. She's like good. It. Right on. Cool, man. Well, thank you for taking the time thank to you. to let us uh, catch up with you a little bit. Kind of just see how you've been doing. I'm glad that you're you got that positive note. Uh, it's obviously a tough time, but you're doing well with it. And just yeah, keep us in the know, man, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for having me, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I'll keep you guys updated, and you know, hopefully, I get back on that bike soon. Yeah, we'd like to see it. And when you do, you just have to call us and let us know how much everything hurts. Yeah. <laughs> and in the meantime, enjoy the babies because they do grow up quick. Yep. Yeah, they do. It's because we're awesome. Take care. <laughs> Later, dude. All right. Bye-bye. We'll see you. <laughs> Sweet. So, Charlie Mullins, great to see that dude's oh, doing good. It sucks that he's had to have his sixth surgery, but hey, it kind of happens, and that's the way it goes. So before we jump in really quick, we didn't get a chance to talk about some of the other stuff that is going on. So, Seat Tom, obviously we are big thanks to our sponsors, Fly Racing, Kenda, and Stillwell Performance. But the other stuff is, so Seat Time, you can find us, the, the site, seattime.co, that's where everything is archived. Um, and if for some reason you don't want to pay attention to these beautiful faces on the video, we are audio only. The podcast goes up on Stitcher and iTunes. And the RSSS feed is out there. If anybody wants to kind of put that in their own podcast directory or just subscribe to it that way, that works as well. One of the things that would help us out a lot if you do enjoy seat time and you do happen to listen, watch, whatever on a specific platform that has reviews or ratings, please do that. You can add a comment, you can add a review, you can add a rating, specifically iTunes. iTunes, that'll help us a lot to get a little bit more uh, notoriety, if you will, if we can get a couple more uh, you know, ratings and things like that from you viewers out there. So that'd be super cool if you all would do that. Um, seat Time Adventures, of course, is this summer. We'll be going to Colorado. You can find out more about that at adventures.seattime.co. We do have a chat room, for those of you who don't know, with tlk.io slash seat time. We've got a couple cool regulars in there. we got the Kudlas and our uh, good buddy uh, Larry Patton, who his favorite rider is getting ready to come up. His Kentucky boy, Mr. Ryan Sice. We'll have fun with that. X Games was last weekend, and we put together a badass photo epic. So if you haven't been to the website and seen that yet, please go check that out. So seattime.co's will check that out. And then the first post is still going to be the photo epic, so check that out. And, yes, koozies. Look for brand-new Seat Time koozies coming around July 1st. Those will be, yeah, obviously all of our beers are in need of them because they are just they're sitting here perspiring for no good reason whatsoever. Actually, it's because uh, they screwed up the artwork. And made it look like shit, and we decided to redo it. So that's why they're taking a little bit longer than expected. So look for those to be purchasable on the site around July 1st. And yes, it will be better in the nav than it is now, which is non-existent. Hey, so that's a good start for everybody. So whew, don't forget, iTunes, give us a review. Thank you. Don't make it shitty. I'll find you. Um, so, second guest for this fine evening, we will have three guests, it's going to be a little crazy tonight, but that's the way we roll these days. So, Mr. Ryan Sipes, are you still sore from all the craziness that you've been up to? Superman. <laughs> uh, I, I'll be honest, I'm still kind of tired, um, <laughs> but I'm trying to take it easy this week, I know we got a tough one coming up, so. Well, But, but your, your motocross schedule is kind of tame for a while, right? You're going to just focus yeah. on off-road? Yeah, I'm not going to do another moto until uh, Indiana, which is the last round yeah. in uh, August. So you are officially going to skip Red Bud? Yeah, it's just Understandable, too much. understandable. you you, you got to have an American Fourth of July sometime and beers to be drunk, right? <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I kind of told my wife I want to have a regular, normal 4th of July. You know, drink some beers and shoot off fireworks. Well, if you want I mean, you're in Kentucky, you own land, I'm sure you understand what it's like to be a redneck, but... If you want to see what retards do, like myself, I mean, I am a quick phone call away. I can be in Kentucky, and, well, I mean, it take a while, to be honest, but just saying. We could do, like, the party in the pasture like Kevin Windham does, but it would be, like, the pint full of awesome pasture. All right. We'll All right. You set it up. I'll, I'll give you the land. I'll provide the land. You just set it up. You know what he just opened up, don't you, Stephen? A bad, bad door. <laughs> no, that would be fun. We'll talk about this later when nobody right. else has to hear our plans. No, that's a fun idea. So, yes, yeah, so I'm going to miss Redbud. That's okay. I understand. Have a true American Fourth of July for once in probably many, many years since you've been racing uh, your entire life doing this, getting a little bit of a break with off-road, but then this year you go and pick up eight new series, including doing like three or four nationals. So you've definitely been keeping yourself busy. So... I noticed you've been on a couple different radio shows. You've been you talk with Paul Max, all that kinds of stuff. So, in the in the quickest way possible, you know what was all of that like? I mean, how much chamois butter do you have to go through to not chafe like crazy? Uh yeah, it was um, it was gnarly for sure. I think the whole weekend I was kind of running on adrenaline because um, after the race on Sunday, I mean, obviously Sunday was pretty tough and. Uh, and cramps and you know the whole thing and then the last lap i ran my fastest lap of the day and wasn't cramping and just you know because i was in second i got second after the you know second part of the double header and it was like man i'm just feel awesome and just running on adrenaline i stayed up half the night you know driving home we didn't get home till like 5 a.m and couldn't go to sleep then and it's it hit me though about tuesday i'm like holy crap cow like i I'm just beat. And then all week I didn't really do much. And then went there to high point this weekend. And I was like, I'm still beat. I still just don't feel good. Um, <laughs> even riding today is just like, man, I, I wish I had more energy. It'd be a lot cooler if I did, but trying to, like I said, trying to keep it uh, a little bit tame this week. So I feel good for this weekend. Yeah. Don't I don't practicing for July 4th yet. No, I don't want to be tired for snowshoe. That, that might be a good <laughs> You you and your 12-ounce curls, you got to wait till after snowshoe. When snowshoe's over, there's always a good party up there right here on top of the mountain. So that'll be your time to start giving a little bit of pre-running, if you will, for 4th of July. Um, but, yeah, holy crap. I can only imagine. So it, it was interesting because, as I said, you know, I'm, I'm okay mentioning these guys. These guys do a great job. Love listening to their shows. You did uh, the Pulpamex stuff or with the, the BTO Sports Racer X stuff with Steve Mathis, who still does the Pulpamex show. And I noticed you talked about the 450 that you rode at the Outdoor Nationals. That was going to be one of my questions. Um, very little time, I would say, to train on that bike. If zero, probably no testing. Kind of break that down for us. I mean, was that just you're like, okay, guys, this is what I need in a 450. Make it happen, and I'll show up and ride it? Uh, I mean, we built it here. Okay. Um, so it was, you know, order it, order the bike, and, and we, we got it probably three weeks before, um, before the National. And then it was, you know, get suspension built and get the motor done and, and everything. And kind of it came together on, I think, the Monday or Tuesday before the before the race. And, yeah, the first day I rode it, I'm like, wow, you know, this suspension is not really what I'm after. So we uh, <laughs> got another setting and, uh, you know, took it to the race. And it was like, well, it's pretty good. And it's nothing against, you know, them. It's, it's just, like you said, there's no testing. 
So they don't know what I like. I just told them, hey, I want a motocross setting. Well, my motocross setting, you know, versus somebody else's is totally different. So it's uh, it's not, you know, not anything against them at all. It's just with no testing, you're not going to have a perfect setting. I'm still working on a perfect setting, to be honest. Uh, raised high point and had a different setting, tried it, went back to my Muddy Creek setting, which is too soft, but I, at least I knew what it was going to do, you know, and then I raced uh, both motos on it. Hopefully this summer I'm going to get something better before I go to Indiana. Man, I just I can't even imagine how badass what you're doing is. Uh, the only thing that I can relate to is is Kevin Rookstool, the, yeah. the the triple header that he did at was it in Florida <laughs> Daytona, or he did an enduro cross, supercross, and then a GNCC. Um, do you think that you could throw an enduro cross into the mix? No, sir. I'll, I'm, I don't think I'll – well, I know I'll never do a moto in GNCC again. It was just <laughs> – You've checked it off the list? Yeah, it went too well for me to try it again and not go well. You've you know what I mean? Bucket. So it's like I'm, I, I did it. You know, I pulled it off, never going to do it again. <laughs> uh, but no, I don't – man, I don't – that enduro cross just looks gnarly. Like I've had a hard enough time adapting to the woods. I don't know how that adaption to moto, or enduro cross would be. I think it'd be pretty tough. Yeah, you know what would be kind of cool though. Um, it's it's Southern Tennessee, so it's probably still pretty far from you. The TKO, what is that? August sixteenth, seventeenth, or is in the twenties? It's in it's in the middle of August, uh, so it's gonna be hot, humid, totally miserable. Um, you should you should if nothing else come and hang out with us because I'll be there. Obviously not racing in the professional aspect of it, but in the amateur side I will be uh, racing just because you know why not? Who doesn't like beating themselves up? But it'd be fun because that way people get to hang out, get some autographs from Ryan Sipe, see uh, one of the hard enduros out there. It's just a thought. Yeah, we've talked about it. Um, it just depends. Like, um, well, like you kind of said a while ago, I've, I've done a lot of racing this year, and I don't really get paid extra to go to that race. So it's like, but man, you get man, paid in hanging out with me time. Well, that's true. That's true. So we'll see. I know Taylor Robert. Uh, he called the other day. He said he's going. Uh, He's, you know, maybe he's driving there. I'm not sure, but he said he's gonna stop in here for a day or two on the way. So, and maybe he'll talk me into it. Who knows? Yeah, no. And Taylor Robert was the one. I don't know if Taylor Roberts the one that talked uh, Caleb Russell into doing the TKO last year, but they had been riding together a lot. And Caleb Russell had been out at Taylor Roberts' house practicing bat flips and riding his trials bike and all that kinds of stuff. So, with saying that, be careful. If Taylor Roberts says he's going to come stop at your house on the way to a hard enduro, I would immediately put up, put away all your ramps, you know, hide your trials bikes, anything that he might try to backflip and then try to talk you into it. I probably would just make sure that looks like it's put away, um, because it could get weird. <laughs> I've ridden quite a bit with Taylor. I know we. And now I haven't ridden with him since he's got on this backflip kick, but uh, all the the you know the hard enduro whatever the extreme stuff he's taking me on a lot of his tracks and and i have a good time doing it but riding it for fun and racing is two totally different things so um like i said i like i like to practice on it it's kind of fun and me me and him used to try to outdo each other i guess you'd say you know i'm i'm gonna climb that hill well if you do it i'm gonna do it that kind of thing yep. but uh i don't know we'll see i've We've always kind of talked about doing TKO, but um, it looks gnarly, man. It looks pretty tough. It is. And there's really no way around it. And it seems like every year, uh, excuse me, every year it seems to rain somehow in the 
Yeah. There it is. Excuse me. In the middle of the main. Um, so not only was it hot and humid before, then you got then you made like water into the mix, so it gets more humid and then steamy and then steamy. And you definitely can't wear goggles because you know at that point you're perspiring enough to to look like you'd be a snowman. Um, it's it's pretty uh it's pretty interesting. It's yeah. I'm gonna be glad that I'm not racing on Sunday. I say all that doesn't sound like very much fun. You, you're talking me out of it right now. Well, that's okay. Hopefully, I'm just talking in and drinking a couple beers with me there. <laughs> that that'd be easier. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> yeah, but the challenge, you know. Heck, if you can do everything you've done on a weekend, that's true. That's true. Don't talk well, yourself out of being a badass. Maybe next year. Maybe I'll do that next year. I like maybe it. I'll just have one a year. Just I just wanted to get gnarly with it. <laughs> So I was going to ask my dad about this. My dad's definitely the, the, the old motocrosser. You know, when, when I came around and we started riding together, I, it was when he was more in the woods, if you will. So that's kind of like why I'm as passionate about the woods and as knowledge, <laughs> knowledgeable about the woods as I am. So I was going to ask dad, your perspective, if you saw that Ryan Sipes had gotten 11th overall at Tennessee and then a 13th overall the following weekend at High Point, just in general, would you have any opinions about that? Would you have thought that Ryan Sipes, the racer, had a good weekend of racing motocross? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because there were, what, 29 people behind you the yeah. first time? Uh, and you just jumped back into it? Um, you know, but question I wanted to ask is if you wanted to do motocross full-time, what would be your training program? Uh, you showed tremendous potential again. I was really rooting for you at the same time, uh, you know, go Woods Rider. And, uh, you know, I was I always thought motocross, when I went from motocross to enduros, of course, we're talking the 70s and 80s now, that the speed I carried in motocross helped me in the woods go faster because I knew how to carry speed. Uh, and that helped me as a woods racer. Um, but if you were to make the switch and, and take motocross more seriously, what would it take? Because you've definitely got the skills. Um, well, thank you. Um, well, it would take, you know, moving, well, to ride for a team. You know, I think that would definitely be, I'm not going to go do it on my own because it's too hard to do and be really competitive. I can go do one or two a year and, you know, finish where I do. Um, but, you you know, first of all, I had to be on a team. And to be on a team, I had to move to California and, you know, training would change a little bit. It'd be a little more high intensity stuff. I, I feel like I didn't realize I had, but I've lost a lot of that like anaerobic or high heart rate training that I used to do that I don't do anymore because there's none of that in GNCC. We don't really have heart rates through the roof. It's kind of a steady, you know, 160 or, or something where maybe Moto is like 190 or 180 or. Um, but so I'd had to jump back onto that. Um, I mean, I definitely think I could still do it, but the whole reason I quit doing it so I can be home with my family. So it was kind of, you know, but like, uh, a lot of people were saying, why do you keep doing it? But it's like, I still can, you know, I can still go out there and run decent. Um, when I can't run up that high or, you know, top 20 anymore, I'll, I won't do it anymore. But if I can still do go out there and, you know, be sort of competitive and, and safe, at, I'm gonna keep doing it, you know. Like uh, like Mike Brown, who we had on last week huh? or two weeks ago. He, uh, no, how last many week. years did he race just to keep his number? Yeah, and then now he's like, uh, I mean, f- what is he? 43, 42 yeah. years old, just won an X Games gold medal. I mean, 
that's going to be our Ryan Sipes. Not that you're going to like turn 40 randomly next year. You know, we're the same age. We still got a couple more year, but <laughs> but to do that, it, I mean, that's just a, that's amazing. This the the fortitude, the initiative to do that. I'm I'm in awe of what you did for two weeks. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's pretty thank damn you. impressive. Um, do you still run your flex bars? Uh, I do not. Okay, uh, I didn't know how that if that had made it into your 2015 program or not. Um, no, we we went a different direction this year, and uh, I'm now with uh, I run Mika Mika okay. Metals and bars. Um, but I had an awesome year last year with the flex guys as well. Yeah, so. no, for sure. Yeah, I was going to ask about some motocross stuff, but that's okay with those bars. Um, so you made a comment on the BTO Sports deal with Steve Mathis uh, about no testing. And it was factory suspension is only better because you get the test with it. And I don't know why, but for some reason I was like, hey, that's a really interesting point that I don't think a lot of people think about. I know I didn't. Was that it's not it's not really like, oh, my God, you guys have all of this stuff in the forks that nobody else can have, which is the case for some people, like yeah. the cone valve and stuff like that that you can have available with some of the KTMs and different things. Um, but I like what you said because of the fact that you get the test with it. Like That's the big thing is that it's not you and your buddy out at the track riding and you're kind of talking to him going, man, I feel like this is pushing or I feel like, you know, this isn't tracking very well. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> I agree. You know, that doesn't really help much in the testing okay. realm. But when you have guys, like in this case, the guy, Rookie, I know that works for WP, he's, that's his job. He talks to you guys about that kind of stuff and says, okay, cool. We did try and this they've got videos thing. watching you. Right, where like, you pack so, up and where you rebound too fast. Yeah, I thought that was a hell of a good comment, um, and it, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit to realize it's like, man, it's not just that these guys are, you know, factory service doesn't just mean that there's a shit ton of work parts that make stuff work better. It's the team and it's everybody's knowledge to kind of like help the rider when he talks about the bike. Maybe he talks about the bike in a weird way, so then there's people that have to analyze what he say. Are you are you a good tester? Like. You know, like uh, there's people that say they say this guy's not a good tester. Like he could go ride something, and he's just he's not going to be able to notice subtle differences. But or like Shorty is a good tester, right? Or like Chris Kiefer is that's his job now is testing. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm pretty good. I think I was I was pretty good in in motocross and supercross. Uh, it took me a long time to get good at or to get even um, competent at testing off road stuff because I. I was like, you know, I wanted to to work good on the small stuff, but I've, it's got to hold me up when I hit the big stuff because I still hit stuff, you know, really fast. And if it just bucks me sideways, you know, I get. So it took me a while to to figure out what to tell them. And but like you're saying, I mean, I completely um, agree with you. The factory suspension's only that good because you can test it um, now. What makes it even better than, you know, say sending it off to random, you know, company A is they do have the better parts and stuff. But if you don't get to test with it, it'd be it's just a shot in the dark for them to send you a setting and it be good for you. Um, if you know, it may it may be spot on. You say, hey, I want like I said, hey, I want some moto suspension and they send it to me. It's a shot in the dark whether I'm going to really like it or not. Yep. Because they probably either sent me someone else's setting or, you know, maybe took my off-road setting and beefed it up or, or whatever it may be. But it's still kind of a shot in the dark because they don't – I don't get to test it. I don't get to go out and then come back and say, yeah, it's good or no, you know, change this. It's 
well, it's, I clicked around on it and it's, you know, I still need to, something needs to change, you know, and I tell them what I think and then I ship it back. And that's not really a, um, that's not really a good way to test. That's, you know, it's hard to make a lot of ground that way. Right. So it's, you know, kind of, like I said, hopefully we're going to get something better. Um, but at the same time, I don't, I don't do moto like my, my focus now is GNCC. So the moto thing is just kind of fun. Yep. No, absolutely. It's, it's a different kind of riding. Yeah. Yeah. It's way different. So that we found out just, the desert's even different again. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. The desert is way different. <laughs> uh, so Bo Cottonton was in the is in the chat room and he was asking, he's like, you know, is there any chance that you would obviously with some support, probably not two thousand fifteen because you're already booked up the wazoo, it seems like, but you know, what about making it west for some like hare and hound type stuff? You know, maybe not the whole series, but finding a way to kind of Loop something in as you make your way west for a couple different, a uh, couple different events. Um, it'd be fun. Um, you're like, yes, if somebody paid for it. Well, that's the thing. I, I kind of, I mean, my, my team, um, I, it, I'm, you know, I'm not part of any private or a factory team or anything. I get some factory support and stuff, but it's still kind of a private team. Everything is budgeted and and funded by sponsors and and for me to go and do a bunch of races that i don't get paid for um i kind of i just don't like to do it i don't like to do too many i already do a lot with the sprint enduros and um you know the motocross and all that stuff um but that being said i like racing um i like going and doing stuff it's just i don't like to take money out of you know i I have a family and everything so it's like i kind of need to hang on to the money I have and, and race what I get paid to do and, and focus on that rather than try to mix too much other stuff in. Yeah. So Bo, figure it out, get the man paid and he'll come race <laughs> the national, uh, Heron hound for you. Um, so how good are you at golf? Because from what I hear, the ISDE fundraiser is back this weekend. It's snowshoe. Um, and I wanted to know, are you going to be playing? Are you good? Should we expect another, you know, W from you, you're going to have a doubleheader where you're going to go out and kick butt in the golf and then kick butt at the GNCC. Don't don't tax yourselves, though, you know, hitting balls around. Yeah, well, I can answer yes to all, but am I good? Because I'm not. But we're still <laughs> going to uh, we got a good team. We're still going to win. They're going to carry me. And uh, and then, yeah, hopefully we get to win on uh, Sunday, too. Like it. Wear a glove. The blisters you get are different. <laughs> oh, in golf? Yeah, that's so weird. But I mean, I've never. I've, I I play top golf, which means there's a bar, and there's a golf club yeah, and yeah. a golf ball that's electronic that tells me where I hit the thing. Now, every now and then, I hit it straight, and I get excited, and I go finish my beer and get another beer, and then I hit the ball again, and who knows where it's going to go. So that's my kind of golf. His grandmother oh. used to use the golf course as a babysitter for me. So really, yeah. I was mm. shooting in the 90s when I was 12 years old. I don't even know what that means. You do. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't been able to break 125 in the last bunch. Yeah. Well, you don't play either. That's okay. You're too busy chasing me around. That's correct. Keeping me in line. Uh, so, um, let's see. Snowshoe this weekend. Thoughts on Snowshoe? You've obviously ridden it last year. It's going to be a big, nice long break after that, up until September. Um, you will obviously have yep. races in between that you're going to be doing, but not GNCC-wise. So, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on Snowshoe this weekend? Um, well, I'm hoping – I was just telling somebody this the other day. Um, 
they were asking about West Virginia, um, the the one we did two rounds ago. Mm-hmm. And I said I absolutely hated it last year. I hated every minute of it because it was so it was just hard for me. It was di- really difficult for me. And snowshoe was the one I hated the most because I just didn't have any fun. You know, it was just so hard for a moto guy to go in there and 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 just get smoked. I mean, I would just I got worked. You know, people in the XC2 class were passing me. So hopefully, um, this year, West Virginia was way better. I got second, and I rode, you know, I rode well. So hopefully, um, Snowshoe is the same thing, and, and my skills have uh, improved, I guess. And I know my bike's better. Uh, my pro whole program's better. So hopefully, I get up there, and I don't struggle with it quite as much as I did last year because that wasn't fun. <laughs> I don't want you to struggle either. Uh I, we've, we've talked about it a couple times, but that place is gnarly. Um, I, the only time that I've been there was for a national uh, downhill race, um, the, Nor- the Norber yeah. race on the bicycles and stuff back in uh, 2000, 2001, something like that, 2002 maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but holy crap. It's What's neat, though, with the bicycle perspective, and I would imagine it's the same when you go there and ski, is that everything's at the top of the mountain. So like the the hotels, the cabins, all the places you stay are at the top of the mountain. Then you'll go to the bottom, and then like the only thing down there is a bunch of trees, and then one lift. Like whichever way you wind up going, and you're like, that's how you get back up. And so it was really really weird and peculiar that way. But I'd imagine on the motorcycles, it really doesn't you don't notice that as much because you're just riding like kind of two loops, right? Like one loop on one side and one loop on the other. Yeah, um, yeah, we don't. I mean, it's kind of. Full speed ahead. As soon as you take off, you're just kind of trying to find, you know, see what's coming up next. And for me, I'm still, I'm getting better at it. But the off-road thing, like, you know, maybe after the race, people are like, hey, you remember that one hill over by, you know, mile marker three? Or they'll point, you know, we'll be sitting maybe on pro row and they'll say, that one section over there, and I'm like, no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that used to aggravate <laughs> the stuff out of that. me. Yeah, I don't know uh, how people do that either, man. Holy shit. I got friends that'll go to a track, like mountain biking wise, they would go drive us to a trail once and we'd have to use directions. And after that, they got it. They know how to get to the trail. They could drive there and then they could ride the whole trail and they remember all the turns. And I'm like, what the? How do you do that? I don't, I don't get <laughs> Same it. Same thing. I don't Same get thing. it. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I'm not smart enough. So, last thing I wanted to ask you about was something interesting that I saw was the Rockstar Organic Energy Drink. So, if you can't tell, yes, I do troll all of your social networks to find out information. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about this drink. This kind of intrigues me. Um, it's Organic Rockstar. Um, it's but, but okay. Well, here and okay. this, this isn't a knock on anybody in the whole organic world, but there's really no. I guess you could say regulations on using the word organic, and if they are, they might be loose. So I'm kind of just like, like I like to drink, and I don't have a preference because I'm not sponsored by any of them. But uh, I, I like to drink like the Monster Energy teas. I think the rehabs. The rehabs. I just like those. They're just light, and refreshing, too. no carbonation, blah blah blah. And I was I was looking at that, and I was like, oh, that could be cool too, uh, because I'd imagine, though I understand, I'm still getting a bunch of chemicals. It's not organic. It, it, it's cleaner, you know, than, than what I would get if I were to have, like, the traditional monster or the low-carb or any of that BS. So that was kind of why I was intrigued by that, and I kind of wanted to chat about the organic, you know, Rockstar versus maybe some of the other ones. If you kind of knew what they changed or if that's just what you chose to drink or... 
Um, it's if you, I mean, I've checked out the ingredients, you know, the ingredient label and it's a whole lot shorter than, you know, a lot of the energy drinks that you see. A lot of the ingredient lists take up the whole side of the can because it's, you know, all these chemicals that you can't really, uh, can't really pronounce and all that. But the organic one says like, you know, it's like four, four ingredients and it's, it actually says organic, uh, cane sugar. So it's real sugar they're using, which you know, better than artificial, I guess. And, uh, it should, it tastes good. And if it makes, you know, it makes me feel healthy, healthier than just plowing through a, uh, whatever, a Mountain Dew or something. So I'm going to drink organic rockstar. I like it. No, I, I'm down to try it for sure. I mean, if you have a connection to anybody at rockstar, you let them know that we'll, uh, we'll totally. Let's, let's start out by buying a six pack. I don't think they come in six packs. I'm gonna have to go four spend two thirty nine at the at the at the local uh, the local convenience store, <laughs> which I'm okay with. Purpose, well, we can get you some. We can get you some over there. And he's gonna open it up and put something in it. Yeah, organic. Shove on this jerk. Um, Vodka's made out of potatoes. Yeah, I know. We could. Tot- well, yeah, vodka and organic rock star. What do you think? Ah, I don't know. I'm not much of a vodka guy, but if you're a vodka guy, <laughs> no, I know. I'm a twelve. I'm a twelve ounce curl kind of guy. Um, so what was it? Oh, ISDE tires. Uh, we got Ryan Kudla in the chat room of, of both Kudla of the Kudla brothers. We have Ryan Kudla oh, are currently. You, are you reading my? Yeah, yeah. And he wants. To, <laughs> everybody forgets that they're on. Uh, they're, they're on the TV. And I mean, you can see that that's my bed. Um, my office got moved to my our our bedroom because my we had you know we had a baby yep. and the wee uh, one. It was kind of. His room is next door. Well, we have our daughter is seven, and she don't like to sleep on her own. So we, she told us if we moved her room to there, she would sleep in her own room. So that was my office. I got moved into the bedroom. Anyway, kind of a pointless story. She still doesn't sleep in her own room. But um, you're wondering about this, right? Yep. So we wanted to know uh, if you're if you're practicing your times or what's going on there. Um, yeah, I got to do all that stuff. So I got to get them ordered because the, the tires are different, um, at, that we run at six days and, uh, I got to practice changing them. Got to practice riding on them because they're way different than what you race here in the U S race oh, yeah. on. And so it's, I wouldn't, wouldn't be very good to go over there without any practice on them. Just like sometimes it's tough to race motocross having never ridden the bike with new suspension. Yep. Yep, you're right. I'm putting two and two together here, Mr. Ryan Sipes. You're making me smarter as we go along. Too bad I'm drinking beer and I won't remember any of it. Sorry, Dad. You have you, you have. I'll, re- I'll remember it for you. You haven't failed. I've just let you down. I'll uh, remember it for you. <laughs> and Steve's got it on in the website, so we can always go back like and listen it. listen to Ryan. We archive advice. it for a reason. So, okay, let's talk about this, Ryan. We need people to give us some reviews on iTunes, right? Like for our show, kind of things like that. So if you were to give a review for Seat Time on iTunes, you're like, man, this podcast is blah, 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 blah. What would you say about it? Um, Spur of the moment. I'd say say it's awesome because they drink beer while they talk. And the end. 
No, I'd say it's uh, exclamation cool. point, exclamation it's, point, exclamation yeah. point. <laughs> hey, it's cool. You you do a wet, um a Skype thing rather than just you know listening to it. You can sit there and kind of watch the guy and see what he has in his bedroom and what it's on his to do list, and uh, <laughs> that's way better than just listening to the radio, right? I agree. You know the the other side of that, and we talk about this has come up a couple times. Nathan Canny's, uh, I can't remember honestly if it was girlfriend, wife, and that's uh, my bad, but. So he was in his bedroom, kind of like you are. Just think if you had a mirror directly behind you at a 45-degree angle. Well, his let's call it girlfriend. Girlfriend was changing on the other side of the room. No way. And all of a sudden, I'm like, he's in the middle of talking, and she walks in behind him and just walks over there to the other side of the bed. And you could tell she's about to start changing. And I'm just like, what do I do? What do I? And I was like, and I was just totally interrupted. And I was like, I don't mean to be a jerk, but you need to tell her that we could see her changing. And you just hear, <laughs> it's one. It was that's and that's where I was like, man, people just like you just don't think about it sometimes, and not in a good or bad way. It's just it just kind of spaces you, yeah. So it's like you're like, cool. I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna Skype with Brian for seat time, blah blah blah. And you don't realize that you might be like order more lube, you know? Yeah, but, like people are like, whoa. Yeah. But what we do yeah. get to see, and you said it, and to everybody out there, what does he have on his left hand side? He's getting ready. He's got his to do list. What do I have to do with my tires, my suspension? It's right there. Some yeah. of it's in red, some of it's in green. I mean, we can all take a lesson from that. Yeah, I don't write <laughs> nothing down. You don't? That's a lie. You're right. I know. I me and, this notebook's for. Me and, uh, me and Google Drive have become ridiculously good friends. I, I use my, my number two notes. software. Get it? Nope. Number two yeah, software. Yeah, pencil. Mm. Yeah. And I have a board like that that I sometimes use, but not that actively. Well, he, I got a, a million different colors because my daughter comes in here and takes my dry erase markers so she can draw on her board. So then I found a random one, whichever one I could find, and there it goes. But it's up there. It may not be color-coded, okay, but it's up there. Yeah. yeah, it's up there. I like it. It's up there. Ooh, excuse me, kind sir. Well, cool. Good job being a badass. I am just over the moon for you because what you did proves – that, uh, you know, there's so many people out there that have tried to say that motocrossers can't really race or could would kick ass in off-road and that off-roaders can't race motocross. And you have completely blown that out of the water because it was way tougher than you thought it was going to be when you came over and started racing some of the GNCCs. It's just different. And then, but now that you started to become a top three GNCC racer and doing really well at other events that you've put yourself into, you go back and you do... Probably just a hair bit less or worse than you would have done before. You would have been a maybe top, you know, you would have been in the top five every now and again, but you were a five to ten kind of guy before that, and then now you're just right, just barely out of there. Um, I think that a lot of people are probably going to be noticing that there's not that big a difference in how talented the the racers and riders are between the two disciplines. It's just that it's very different. Um, and so, congrats! I'm glad so that we're able to kind of. Put that out there. And so's the testing. That's why I doubt that you'll ever see top three motocross guys as the top three off-road guys. Not anymore. Not uh, a, yeah, it's too yeah. specialized. Back now. in the 60s and 70s, you could have done that, but not anymore. Like Malcolm Smith? Or Roger well, Foster. Yeah. Yeah, I think you got to spend so much time kind of on one thing. You know, if you race moto and you want to win moto races, you that's all you do is ride moto. Yep. And then off-road, yep. it's kind of the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, you ride a little bit of moto, but you ride off-road and you ride technical stuff. And so if you're not focusing on, you know, 
moto, you can't you can't expect to go out there and be be great at it. Um, but I think, like you said, Brian, uh, talent is talent on a, on two wheels, and I think any of the guys, the off road guys, if they put enough focus into it, could probably be pretty good on a moto track. And moto guys, if they put enough um, focus into it, they could be pretty good in off road. It's just like you said, it's way different, and it's not an overnight thing. And I don't think you can just jump in and be awesome. I think, but all those guys could do it. Yeah. Well, then, since you just said that what I said sounded intelligent, we'll end it there. <laughs> Nobody's brain cells need to blow up. Then we'll uh, we'll say thank you very much for being on the show. Congratulations on having so much fun with your family growing. I know it's awesome. I've been there. I had the vasectomy. And I'm ready to, to continue to watch the ones that I have put out there in the world grow and foster. Uh, Lots and, of info here. It's awesome. It's great. It's a good time. Yeah, you just you just call me if you ever need any advice. Because strangely enough, I've been through. I've, I, I'm at the third kid mark. So, you know, it's uh, it's uh, you just really have to rely on your wife when you're when you're the one that's doing all the, the working in the Are sense you of telling me money. that I should have done that before you were born. What? Ask, relied on the wife? No. What? The V word. Vasectomy? No. I had that after all the kids, man. That's because you, like, you want kids, but you, you just at some point got to say no to more kids, but yes to more sex. You don't have a hardware problem. You have a software problem if you do that. That's true. That's the way it works. We're education, man. We're just bringing it to the masses. I love it. Thank you very much for being on the really? show, Ryan Sides. Have fun at Snowshoe this weekend, and when you're up on the box, just remember, everybody enjoy a pint full of awesome, right? And we'll be cheering for you. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right, man. Take it easy. Bye-bye. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm just glad that he puts up with me. I say me because you're not as uh, you You don't come across as annoying as I could. So, I'm back. just annoying to you. Nah, we just got that going for us. Um, so let's go ahead and talk to Mr. Ian Blythe. We'll see if we can get him on the show. Hello again. Oh, uh, no, not yet. Almost. Almost. But again, so I just wanted to remind everybody, um, we did have a question in the chat room. Does Stitcher have ratings or reviews or anything like that? Honestly, I don't know. It's something I can look into right. and I can let people know. I think it's like stars. And yeah, even like if it's even if it's like just that. a rating system like that, if you think we're a three, please give us a three. I mean... Honestly, we just kind of need that kind of support because what that helps us do, that helps us grow uh, when they're kind of aggregating all that stuff together. Um, we don't get a, we don't really get that many reviews or ratings. So be honest. Uh, tell us what's up. I just had uh, somebody give us a rating on our 250FX um, review, and it said, Hey, cool guy, shut up and let the girl talk. So see, there you go. Now YouTube is going to notice that kind of shit that people are watching that video and it's going to pop up. And you know what to that guy? Suck it. I don't really care what you have to say. That's how you look at comments. No, but the reviews, we really need those, so we would appreciate it. Or if you want to go, you know, give loose, useless comments, there's always that. Right? Right? Right, I, Ian? I'd rather look at Jordan than me, too. I agree. I agree. I agree. So, Mr. Ian Blythe, are you there? Did we lose you? Oh, my God. He's lying. Oh, my God. We may, be, we may be no video tonight with Ian Blythe. If that's the case, Stephen, I did put a picture of Mr. Ian Blythe in the Ford show in case we do need to put a picture of that guy up there. So while we get Mr. Ian Blythe back on, let us see. Just show dust in the 
in the foreground as you try to keep his dust in sight. Yeah, I know. Oh, dude, in the desert of dust. Ian, we need to do another video of. Remember they did that video you and Cole in that one check where we got to watch you guys go through it. And you guys were literally only like seconds apart the whole time. Yeah. How do we do yeah, that again? That. We need to. We need to do that again. That was epic. Or like you and Scott and Perump, yeah, where I could see sweet. you guys in the background, just see these two big dust clouds 10 miles away as you and Scott were going through the desert in Pahrump, Nevada. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. I remember that. That was sweet. Just kicking ass and taking names. Yeah. It was, uh, when I was getting lost, I would just stop and then look for Scott's dust cloud that was actually going in the right direction and uh, <laughs> hope that, that I could follow that. I like it. Well, dude, last time, uh, well, welcome to the show. We're, we're kind of going a little long tonight on purpose for you because we'd love to talk to you. Um, I wanted to know a little bit about the Wyoming Enduro that just happened. You got third place. Fantastic job. Last time we talked to you as well, you were getting ready to head to Brazil. I think you were a day or two away from getting on the plane. Obviously, we've seen you've been traveling all over the world. Uh, well, maybe all over Brazil doing that and then of course you've been once you come to the states you go drive around and do some more racing so dude just holy crap what's up <laughs> yeah it's kind of like what i do man i i don't know i don't know what else to do if i'm not racing if i'm not like getting ready for a race or coming back from a race i'm just like kind of lost so whenever i've got some time i just spend that time planning the next race so uh, I've actually had quite a lot of time when I'm in Brazil. They've uh, they've canceled some races, and uh, we've actually only done two two rounds so far there of the of the national championship. And uh, so I've had lots of time to plan other races and and look at results. So uh, uh, yeah, I mean Wyoming's always one of my favorite races, and uh, I've been practicing so much tight stuff in Brazil. I was thinking maybe I could actually do good. Uh, so. Yeah, I just I found a cheap flight home and uh and my dad got my bike ready for me and we just went up there and and just it was like old times, you know, <laughs> my dad getting my bike ready and Sammy came to the race with me, so it was it was really fun. Love it, dude. Um so what were you thinking Saturday night when all that rain was coming down? And I, and I say all that rain and obviously use parentheses because I'm kind of like, well, you know, that's what they said in the write-up. So was it a lot of rain that was coming Saturday down Saturday night? And it was it was everybody kind of like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so muddy? Or, or was it, you know, to the point where you guys were like, this is going to be epic because you kind of knew it needed the, needed the moisture? You know – after the after the fact, it was it was like great that there was rain and there was actually dust on the trail by the end of the day. But um, my perspective has changed a little bit because the Brazilian races are always muddy, as far as I can tell. The all the races I've done so far have been muddy, <laughs> so, right? And that's like muddy, like you're walking back and it's like over your ankles of standing water before this even starts. So. I wasn't too worried about it. I was a little worried that they might cancel because it's on National Forest and oh, uh, yep, sometimes they're they're touchy about. But uh, yeah, I was pumped when I when I heard they were gonna keep doing it. But it did cross my mind that it was like, man, that's a lot of rain for Wyoming. I mean, there that place doesn't handle rain well, and you could tell because on the way to the the race going through Lusk. It's this tiny town that spent like three years of their budget on this bridge to go over this tiny creek, and the bridge is just gone now. <laughs> so, oh. so there's like a 
tour through the town and like their their prize winning bridge is is gone and uh so i was like oh wow this place doesn't do doesn't get a lot of rain and when it does it's a disaster so uh, there was yeah yeah it doesn't doesn't soak it up um but the race turned out to be great you know the first test was muddy and like slippery but it was just nice that it was like it was open like wide open compared to the brazilian races so i was like i was enjoying it i was like man finally i get to get this thing out of second gear and pin it through some woods and uh and yeah i was just having fun all day yeah dude it sounds like it yeah let's see your worst test was the seventh overall and that was the second test so take us through that test and then we'll talk about the one where you did the best if you remember. Uh, um, I think that was a short one, and uh, I don't think I lost too much time on it. It was just, um, there's 10 fast guys at a national, so if you don't have a great test, like, it's pretty easy to get seventh. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, nothing bad happened in there. I don't think I fell or anything. I was just uh, maybe being a little too careful, or maybe I uh, I blew some turns. I, I don't actually remember the test that much. I remember the third one really well, which is the one I did good in. All right, take us to the third one, my good friend. Let's go there. The third one, there was like a bunch of uh, of trees that were like a bunch of trees that were like exactly bar width apart, and I remember seeing them and being like, "That looks like they're exactly bar width apart." And I was like, "Well, I could slow down, but I didn't." And I was like, oh, "That's afterwards." I was like, "That's national enduro for you, just like third gear wide through bar width trees and not." it not being a big deal. So um, that was like, that was a new thing for me. Cause usually I'm the guy who like comes to a stop between them and then like rips out past them. But I remember Andrew DeLong telling me one time, he's like, yeah, I have a perfect bar with measuring tape that I can, I can measure, measure trees from a hundred yards away and know if I can get through them in my mind. So just trying to, trying to do the Andrew DeLong through the, through the woods <laughs> technique. Were, and it worked out for me in there. You were channeling the DeLong? Yeah. Or just bounce off the exactly. bottom of the trees with the bike leaned over. That's, yeah. That's another technique. I think, uh, was it Scott Summers that used to do the wheelie and, like, turn his bars? Yeah. 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 That's a, that's another trick you could do, Ian. I'm sure you could ride a, a bitchin' wheelie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Third gear, I <laughs> just pitching, pitching it sideways one, through yeah. the woods? Uh, trying to, man. I know. Just, uh, that sideways. one was good, though. I was just, like, revving out that 250 and, and um, staying on the track. Hey, dude, no. Well, you did awesome. Obviously, third place Absolutely. in the National Enduro. Like you said, seventh, you know, that's pretty good. There's ten fast dudes there, and in the end of the day, you came away in third place. So, obviously, fantastic job, and honestly, not too far off. And then um, the local experts that ride there every year. Yeah, not too far off from um, from the time that Bob had had, and he won a test. So obviously, you know, he was consistent, but you were you were just right behind him. So that's a fantastic job. When do you? What's next? Like, are are you heading back to Brazil soon? Are you here for a little bit? No, I'm heading back tomorrow. Holy so uh, the crap. timing was perfect, man. Man, that is like some quick, quick traveling. How's the jet lag? Is is the yeah. time difference that big a difference? Uh, it's only three hours different down there, so that's not too bad. It is. Uh, um, I mean, there's a lot of different things to get used to, and like twelve hours of travel, or it'll be like twenty 
20 hours this time. I got a lot of layovers, so right. that'll put you behind and tire you out without the time change anyway. So yep. it's it's tough going back and forth. How's your Portuguese doing? Yeah. You picked up on any Portuguese? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm getting it. I've, I live with two Brazilian kids, and they just yell at me in Portuguese. So <laughs> I, like, I'm learning. I just yell back in English. So... Uh, yeah, I'm getting it. It's a tough language, but, uh, I, my mechanic is teaching me all the swear words and we, we communicate in very in sign language and Portuguese, Portuguese English. Portuguese English. Portuguese English. Portuguese. Portuguese. I like that. I like that. Well, um, has it been, I mean, I could imagine the time that you've been down there, the pictures that you've been putting up looks like you're having a blast. Um, but obviously, look like you're having a blast versus having a blast. Will it be worth it? All that kinds of stuff. I mean, is it? Is, do you feel like you've kind of like made the right decision going down there um, to to you know take on this new adventure? You know, really, I was kind of at the point where I have to get a job or find someone who will pay me to ride dirt bikes. So it's the right decision if I want to keep riding dirt bikes. Right. But uh, yeah. you know, it's tough into another country. It was great when uh, when my girlfriend Sammy was down there with me, but uh, she went home and uh, and she might come back later in the in the fall. But it's it's kind of lonely and, and tough sometimes. But it's also I mean it's an adventure. It's it's fun, um, but it's not all fun the whole time. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's what's yeah that's the thing. It's like a lot of people think that I'm crazy with all the stuff that I do, but it's like when when I can bring the family, man, that's what makes it all the more fun. Yeah, sure, it's crazy, it's nuts and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but it's it's all about you know the year from now, the two years from now, or the ten years from now, the stories and the memories and the adventures that we've been through, excuse me, are going to really help define, you know, a lot more of who we are then later you in life. Want somebody to share it with? Yeah. No sense having it all to yourself. I know. So next time when when I'm in Colorado and you're up there and there's a fire with beer, we're gonna have some pretty bitching stories to to, to share. <laughs> That's for sure, man. Um, are you going to be in Colorado in July, or are you going to be in Brazil for a while now? You know, they actually canceled the next uh, the, the next race is in two weeks, but the race after that, the one that was for July, got canceled. So, uh, trying to figure out a way to come back for July, I just need uh, just need some cool races so that I can uh, I can get my boss to excuse me from the country and let me uh, let me come back and do some races races here. So. Um, the plan is to try to come back in July and, uh, and do some more races. I just don't know which ones yet. Well, I was going to say, we're going to be riding in Colorado with our seat time adventures. Uh, what is it? July 22nd to the 26th. So if you do happen to make it back, make sure that you let us know and, uh, come ride with us. All right, man. Um, I will. I was planning on doing some uh, some trail riding with with Jeremy Shoning at some point in time. He's been trying to get me to come up to the to the single track shack uh, for a while now. Yeah, that's his little uh, his little place that he's been working on. Uh, what not Salida uh, out there by uh, Sergeants? It's like Pitkin something. Yeah, Sergeants. That's right. Yeah, Pitkin. Yeah, around that kind of area. Yeah, yeah he's got a cool little spot to stick a body in a bike or bodies in bikes and then just go ride and hang out and stuff. So well, have a lot of fun with it. Texas guys have their Colorado 600 too is in that area. Oh man. There's all kinds I think of that's stuff. in August this year. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, um, 
I gotta say, Brazil sounds awesome. Racing all the the, the enduro format down there. Is it? Talk to us a little bit about the format. Is it kind of the world enduro format, or is it you know more of a traditional kind of not timekeeping, but maybe more of the format that we know as our national enduros here? Like, what's the format down there for those events? Well, it's uh, it's trying to be. They call it uh, FIM style, so it's uh, it's like six days where you got like three or four tests and uh, and they're timed like real time, and then there's like transfer section between them. Uh, they try to have an extreme test, a cross test, and an enduro test, and uh, uh, they use what they uh, what they have, and they they do their best with the races. Um, so it kind of frustrates me the uh, the cross tests are like really tight. They've got all this land to do like a huge, huge like awesome grass track, and we'll ride around like in second gear, like really, really slow. <laughs> and the enduro tests are good. Um, but they're, it's like real tight single track. So it's making me better at national enduro, obviously, but it wasn't really my strength. You know, I've always been really good at like the cross tests and, uh, and like grass track stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm having to, having to learn and get good at the, the tight slimy, uh, rainforest racing. Right. Well, it sounds like it works if you're starting to kind of mentally be able to pin it third through what you know is pretty damn tight trees. <laughs> So well, are, yeah, are they utilizing yeah. your skills to help some of the other riders come up and develop enduro riding down there? Is that part of the program that that has you down there? Because I remember uh, there were some motocross bit. guys uh, that went down there to I think it was Argentina, Wyman Pretty and some other guys who uh, went down there and and did in South America for motocross what the Europeans did for us in the late sixties, early seventies. Is that kind of part of what you're doing down there now is to help develop enduro riding in South America? Um, uh, not, not officially. Uh, I think I've got a little bit of, uh, a little bit of pull with the guys and I can tell them like, Hey, this test is really tight. <laughs> they kind of understand what, I, what I'm saying, but uh, mostly I'm helping, um, the orange be it's orange BH, but I'm so used to calling it orange Biaga because that's what you call it in Portuguese. But uh, helping that team, um, you know, it's a new team this year, and uh, and it's got a bunch of really good guys, and my teammates are, are really good. But uh, um, teaching the teammates, you know, how to how to practice and how to really train um, the way we do here, because uh, Brazil. They've got no shortage of talent. They've got just kids everywhere who can just ride like wheelies and circles just around the park on their bicycles and stuff. No shortage of that. Just a little bit of a shortage of uh, like organization and planning and uh, and training. So uh, I think I've been most helpful to the team uh, um, just in that way, just uh, helping helping the team like prepare for the races and, and bring parts and uh, and my teammates. Um, you know, do do motos at the track and uh, and take times and, and uh, make it make it kind of a job, not just going out and riding our dirt bikes fun, which is what we do, what it turns into anyway. But uh, being a little more analytical about it is uh, is how I think I'm helping them. Yeah, well, and that's good because Brazil is kind of like the new India, if you will. You know, there's money down there now, and uh, that could be a great yeah. market for for a KTM or anybody that's willing to, you know, pay their dues, uh, if they can get 
the market to exist, like the like Edison Dye and the guys did in the late 60s here, uh, there's just a golden opportunity in an emerging country like that where there's now plenty of money uh, for Brazilians to ride KTMs, I guess. Here is an idea for you. With the World Cup that they had Got last it. year, they have all of those old stadiums. Not old, all those new stadiums that are probably sitting there desolate. You need to help them put races on in those, like, like quote-unquote hard enduro, like kind of like up and down and through those old um, stadiums or through those new old or stadiums. Brazilian Supercross. <laughs> but I'm not sure. Yeah. Come on, Ian. You're, uh, you're a crafty I've guy. I've been talking to uh... – I don't know if you guys know uh, Antonio Balbi, but he lives. Uh, he's a Supercross guy from Brazil um, who was racing in America for a few years and yeah. uh, you know, qualifying for nationals and some some Supercross mains. Uh, but he lives in in Belo Horizonte, where close to where I live. I've gone practicing with him a few times, and actually they do a similar sort of thing with their uh, motocross series there. They're like they're almost Supercross tracks, and they just build them they just build the track like one off for each race um they haven't gotten to the point where they're having them in their uh in their stadiums yet but they do just put them like in the middle of town you know they'll, <laughs> it'll be like a soccer field and like uh and just say like, it'll be like the middle of the town and they'll just cart in a bunch of dirt and like build some triples <laughs> right there and uh they're pretty sweet races because they're just like i mean there's tons of people it's free to get in and uh it's like a carnival <laughs> man they've got like food trucks and and all yeah, all that stuff carnival. but the thing with brazilians is they really just want to see you crash <laughs> is my experience mm. so really the market's got to be in super enduro and like enduro cross right because um, they, they love to they just hope for people to crash and that's what like keeps everyone going they don't even like the guy who wins they just want the guy who has the biggest crash those guys like NASCAR fans. <laughs> Maybe. Ooh, ooh. ooh burn, burn. <laughs> right on, dude. Well, uh, so rally, is that something? I mean, I know you've got a job. You're in Brazil, racing in Brazil. That's where your boss is, and that's where the job is. But is a uh, rally, have you kind of, is that just, is, is that not in the cards this year, or is that something you're still trying to work on for next year, or are you going to be able to make a couple this year? How's that working out in your plans? Um, it's in the cards. We just, uh, just gotta make it happen. Um, we were talking about doing the, uh, the Certos rally, uh, which is in August, but it's not really working out. You know, rally is just a, a big budget, high commitment sort of thing. Um, so yeah, that one's not happening, but we're talking about, uh, maybe the Baja rally. Uh, I was talking to Dave, uh, Dave Peckham yesterday. They just got back from Sardinia doing the, the rally over there with Scott Bright and Ned yep. Cease. And the team did pretty well and, uh, they've got some good sponsors. So, um, Dakar is definitely still on the table for Scott Bright. I think he's, uh, pretty well committed to, to doing it. And, um, I'm kind of, I'd say I'm 50 50. Like they're, the truck, the, the um the rally management services truck is going but uh you know i still got a forty thousand dollar entry fee or whatever it is for me to get in there so right um yeah we're talking about it but i'd say baja rally is more likely and uh and 
I'm getting excited for it. Well, as far as Deckard, you qualified last year. Of course, you just weren't able to make it. Does the qualification carry on for X number of years, or do you have to requalify every year? Is it uh, like- well, the qualifying's not not really the the hard part. Last year, I won a free entry fee, which is huge, but we didn't have the the logistics to to make it oh. happen to get my bike and me there and a team. So it's kind of like last year I had the entry and. And the team wasn't there, and this year the team's there, and we don't have an entry. So, you know, someday I'll I'll get there. I'm not not in too big of a hurry, but it's uh, I would really I'd love to do it. It'd be a sweet adventure for sure. Oh, I agree, man. Yeah, Dad and I, have, Dad keeps going. He's like, "You sure you don't want to do the Baja Rally again this year?" And it's like, man, it, it's not that I don't want to do it. It's just that it's time, effort, money, like all that commitment and stuff like that. It's tough. It's it and it was fun last year, and I would love a chance to. I think I'd do it on the 350 this year. I put a big tank on it, a big er, not as big as Piggy, um, and then just just rock the rally uh, universal kit that we have and have fun with it, you know, like we did last year. But hopefully, yeah. try to finish. Um, but yeah, no, it's a fun event. So if you're thinking of doing Baja Rally, don't think, oh, you know, you're you're like, oh, well, I'm gonna do the Baja Rally. Like it, it was fun. I I really enjoyed it. So, and they're still learning. They're All you know, right. they're growing. They're having fun with it too. So it was the third year this year. Of course, one of the reasons his dad is pestering him is his he dad really just bought a, a Toyota TRD uh, Pro four wheel drive Raptor wannabe. So yeah, nice. He, he wants to go rally that shit in Baja. So what he's gonna do is go break a fucking A arm. While we're in there and have no real chase vehicle, and then we're gonna be shit up shit creek because I'll probably blow blow up another bike. He's gonna blow out an A arm because he's gonna try to rally that no, thing. Oh Jesus, that's what's gonna happen. Hey, if I can do it with a motorhome, right? I don't want to see you go down there with something you think you could actually handle speed at. I was passing people with the motorhome. I know, but still, it's scary that's as shit. Okay. Uh, but that's why that's why his dad's pestering him. You know, he wants to exercise his raptor wannabe. Yeah. But hey, there's no such thing as a raptor wannabe if they don't sell raptors anymore. Yep, 2016, 2017, no more raptors. You'll get one though eventually. Well, shit, yeah, dude. Raptors, dude. What? Yeah, Ford's Ford's not going to release them for 15 or 16. They're just going to. I think the first year they're going to have them back is 17. But there's. Plenty of kids. Oh available. man, I want it still. That's like the the total place for the Raptor because all the dirt roads are like eroded and beat to shit, and the and the the regular roads are full of speed bumps. You got like speed bumps for days. So I want a vehicle I can take the speed bumps to like sixty five and like mob curbs. So I, I fantasize about how I would drive if I wasn't in like a little Volkswagen Ute and in a Raptor. So I'm kind of disappointed to hear that. Well, that's okay because that Get just a means Toyota TRD Pro Raptor yeah. wannabe. They're like what, fourteen grand less? Yeah. For the intro, and they don't have all the foo-foos. They don't have the moonroof and the heated seats and all of that. That's okay. More, wow. more, more good shit to get dirty. Well, cool, man. Well, travel safe on your way back to Brazil. Have fun down there racing. Definitely remember, enjoy a pint full of awesome when you're on the uh, on the podium. And uh, just keep us in touch how you're doing so we can get you back on the show where you're in the States and, and chat more awesome. And I don't Sounds have, good, man. Thanks I don't for know how to on. do this in Portuguese, so I'll say it in English. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. It's uh, both of All right, dude. Just remember, you'll figure out the tight shit eventually. And if not... Just, you know, pop a wheelie and turn the wheel.
right. Scott Summers. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Later, dude. Later. Sweet. So, Mr. Ian Blythe having fun down there in Brazil, obviously doing really well at the Wyoming National Enduro this past weekend. That's so, awesome. Yeah. We've been doing this for about an hour and a half. We're going to wrap it up for you guys. So, before I do that, just remember, this is Seat Time. You can find us at SeatTime.co. That is the website. We are on the Facebook, Facebook.com slash Seat Time. We're on Twitter. It's uh, at Seat Time underscore CO. And we're on Instagram. It's just regular old at Seat Time. A couple cool things. Remember that the photo epic from X Games is on the website. So, check that out. Koozies will be out around July 1st. They'll be purchasable on the website. Um, reviews, reviews, reviews. Add comments. So if you're watching on YouTube or if you're finding us on Stitcher or iTunes and there's a chance to add a star, you know, pop in a little bit of a review, please do it. You know, be honest, but then that's fine. Just we'd love to see it. Um, and Yamaha with their YZ250X. So they put out a off-road 252 stroke for next year. It, it looks like it's probably going to be uh, fairly similar to the 250s that we've seen. Uh, so, the, you know, they might have new graphics and some new plastics, but uh, there's going to be an off-road version to that. So I think that's really cool. It's neat to see one of the Asian, uh, one of the Japanese manufacturers figuring out that what KTM has done has really helped yeah, them become the a strong brand. in the market with the WR250 before mm-hmm. it was a four-stroke. Yep. So cool to see all that. So thank you guys very much for tuning in. We will be live again next Tuesday. Uh, I got to figure out the exact date, but we're going to take a break for July 4th. So it'll probably be the Tuesday after. Um, but yeah, we'll let you guys know. We'll have some more, uh, work, some more work, some more riders on next Tuesday. Uh, thank you, sir, for coming in. And don't we have a few spots left for Colorado? Yeah. Seat Time Adventures. You guys want to check it out? Adventures.seattime.co is a way to check that out. If you uh, ever want to see if you're faster than this guy, here's Yeah, your well, it's not that hard. Don't worry. I'll drink faster than you will, so that's okay. I'm all right with that. Definitely. Thank you guys for tuning in. Steven, thanks for being you, and we'll see you guys next week. Always enjoy a pint full of awesome. Peace. Now it's time.